Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Lord, Welcome, everyone, to episode number 26 of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. Those of you who've been listening, you know that during these episodes, our focus will be on evangelism. We have, we have actually have many goals that we're trying to reach with doing this. But the main one is to, is to try to stir us up again, uh, to revive us again, if you will, uh, like the song in, in most of our songbooks, to revive us again. But to stir us up to love and good works, especially in the area of reaching our family, our friends, uh, neighbors, co-workers uh, with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. For those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis. And those of you that know me know that, that I'm passionate about our topic today. I'm passionate about leading others to Christ. And I have been uh, ever since I, I was taught and obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. I didn't grow up in the church. And so uh, first introduced to things when I was uh, 17, obeyed the gospel when I was 21. I guess I'm a little slow, but it, it took me a while to pull everything together. So ever since I've become a Christian, I've always been striving. I want to use some Bible phrases. I've always been striving to, to teach others, to sow the seed, to, to be a, a fisher of men, to make disciples, and to teach others to teach. And I've been Quoting this passage every episode, Paul talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, where he said, And the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously men and women, who will be able to teach others also. So I came up with this idea to identify the Christians that are out there, men and women, preachers, elders, deacons, uh, just members in a congregation, fellow workers who are doing this, who, who are trying to reach uh, others and, and lead them to Christ. And once we identify who they are, to interview them and learn more about them, uh, who they are, where they are, why are they mo so motivated to do the work uh, that they're doing, and see what we can learn from them. And quite frankly, I, I've been really pleased with the response that we're getting from this. And we appreciate all the kind comments, and, and we want to encourage everyone that's listening to please uh, share this and like it and share it with your friends to kind of keep it going. But today, we're so excited to have with us Gary Fisher. Hello, Gary. Hi, Dan. Yeah, great to uh, have you with us. Gary uh, works with the Bargersville Church of Christ in, in Bargersville, Indiana. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. And, and as we've said so many times, but this would be uh, certainly true today, uh, if you're listening and you're in a place where you can get out paper and a pen uh, and make some notes uh, because you're, you're going to learn a lot of things today. I guess I was trying to thank Gary when we first met, but I know it's obviously when we moved uh, to Indiana. I knew of you when you lived in Lexington, but I don't think we'd uh, met. Yeah, yeah because uh, the Churchill uh, boys that worship with us there, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's right. Uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, the others too. But yeah. Yes, okay. We're really we're neighbors because we're our congregations are really close by. In fact, you guys have graciously let us use your baptistry uh, several times over the years, and we really appreciate that. So, I, as we do every time uh, to kind of get going here, Gary, uh, I know a lot of people know you, and there's people that don't know you, but we call it the elevator pitch or the bow. Uh, 
if you would tell everybody uh, uh, where you were born, who taught you the gospel, and kind of brings up to speed with where you are, Gary. Okay, I was born in Vincennes, Indiana, but I moved to Indianapolis when I was 10 months old. Uh, my parents were Christians, so I learned the truth when I was a kid. And I'm married at 22. I have preached for 40 years, mostly in southern Indiana and northern Kentucky, uh, two years in Alabama, and three years in Brazil, South America. And I have two children. They are uh, 36 and 35. I'm 62. And uh, so I moved to Barbersville about nine years ago. So I'm actually back within a half hour of where I grew up. I went to Southport High School and grew up uh, in the south side of Indianapolis. That's, that's good. I, I really, I, I've always done that. I, I don't know where I learned that. Even when I was little, I would say, where are you from? Where are you from originally? And it, it's, I just love hearing the stories of people in their, in their background. Tell the, the folks real quick a little bit about the congregation there, maybe about the size and how many shepherds you have. And, and would you share that, please? Sure. Yeah, uh, we don't ever count, but I'd say we probably have 130 on Sunday morning, and we've got four elders and uh, five deacons. And uh, it's a good group, congenial. They, we work together, I think, well, and are trying to spread the gospel. No, it's a, it's a good group, and obviously I know a lot of the people there, and uh, some really, really good people, and uh, good leadership, too, which is obviously so important. You know, there's a, a lot of, uh, Simon Sinek wrote a book titled Why?, uh, it's, it's more of a business book, but I've been doing this some um, in, uh, in this, uh, this series. Why is Gary Fisher doing what he's doing? Why, why are you, Gary, why are you motivated to be uh, an evangelist? And why are you motivated to lead others to Christ? Well, I mean, I, I care about people. I like people and want to help. And I want to glorify God. And uh, it's amazing you can actually uh, get paid to do what you like to do. I mean, you know, I want to study the Bible and I want to uh, work with people. And so it's uh, been a great opportunity for me to just be able to help people in various places, have uh, Bible studies with Christians, try to strengthen them and try to evangelize those who are. All right. Good, good. Uh, are there any, uh, I know there, we all have mentors or people call them different things. You call the folks uh, encouragers, Barnabases in your, in your past. Who are some of the Barnabases that come to mind, men or women that have encouraged you in your work? Probably the thing that helped me the most were the two elders that were at Oldham Woods in LaGrange, Kentucky, when I was there from 86 to 91. They uh, really shepherded me, and I needed that more than I thought I did. And uh, so that, they were very helpful to me. I mean, there have been lots of people that have been a blessing in my life. My wife, very much, and her family was very helpful to me, and just a variety of people. But I think the elders there probably guided me more spiritually than anybody else had. We all need a Barnabas, don't we? We do. Yeah. Encouragers are, are uh, you know, just so much needed. You know, uh, I know that uh, that you've been over the years, you've been involved in a lot of things. And it, it, and I find it interesting, too, depending upon it, one of the things that's been interesting. And, you know, we've interviewed from New York to the state of Washington and, and Florida and Texas and North and South Carolina, Georgia, different places. Every community is different. And, and you've seen that. Did you say that you for two years you were in Brazil? For years. Mm -hmm. Brazil, Brazil. Brazil, South America, yes. Yeah, not Brazil, Indiana. Not Brazil, okay. Indiana. <laughs> I never have to say Brazil, South America, except when I'm in Indiana. There you go. That's right. So share that a little bit. How did that happen? In the late 80s, Dennis Allen decided to move to Brazil, and he uh, tried. He worked for probably a year or two trying to talk me into moving with him, and finally we decided to do that, and we did in 93. 
Uh, that was the most challenging thing I've ever done. And one of the most rewarding in many, many ways. Uh, but that was, uh, that was a very challenging time. I've been back to Brazil twice a year, except for this year because of COVID, basically every year since I moved back in 96. So I've taken about 45 trips back since, uh, since I came back. Wow, wow. And you I know, studied with Brazilians and, and others who speak Portuguese in various parts of the world almost every day. Wow, wow. You know, it's just experiences like that that, that uh, you and I both have been blessed to have. Now, we've never moved anywhere, stayed for an extended period of time, but obviously not everybody gets to do that. And sometimes I think if, if you ask others, you know, how they would define evangelism, you know, they, that's what they think it is. We have, you know, that's going to a, a mission trip or that's going to another country. And, and you and I both know that when Jesus said go into all the world, yeah, he meant, he meant the, that too when we have the opportunity, but he meant to go into Gary's world where he is right now and where, in Dan's world where he is right now and how to reach out to the people uh, in the community, right? We always need to uh, start where we are. There's people, lost people around us. We do need to have a passion to get the gospel out everywhere, but if we're not doing it where we are, how could we move overseas to people who speak a different language and, and do that? We're, we need to start where we are. Oh, yeah, that's, that's for sure. You know, I know that um, I, I've heard over the years uh, different camps that you're involved in. Uh, I know you have a, a year-end Bible study that you do. Tell, tell everybody just a little bit about some of the activities that you have there and, and why you do those things. So I was blessed to be a part of the camp that Sewell Hall uh, did for 10 years in Alabama for young men. And that campground got too small for the number of young men. And so uh, I was asked by some people to start a camp in Indiana that was similar. And so I did in uh, 2010. And so that's been really encouraging, really a blessing. This year, even with COVID, we had 131 uh, young men, basically 12 to 19 or 20 year olds that were together for a week. And uh, it's, it's like school. They have eight activities basically a day of classes and other mostly spiritual activities. We sing together, we pray together. And, uh, you know, it's just a very intense uh, spiritual time. Incredibly, the kids love it. Almost everybody comes back. It's not the parents who send them. It's the kids who want to come. Kids, young people who are spiritually minded want to be with other spiritually minded young people. They want to learn more. They want to grow. So that's been really helpful. I've also been a part of Joe Works Sons of Light Camp in now in New York State, and a part of the Florida College Indiana camp, and a part of a girls camp that, that follows our camp, Dove Camp. So I I've, I've do a lot of uh, those things. Camp is probably not the best term. It's not, certainly not rustic. Uh, it's more like a retreat or something like that, but, but we call it camp. Uh, we use Shackamack uh, for the Indiana Bible camp that I run. Well, I know of a lot of uh, uh, kids, I'll call them, but uh, everybody, you know, you know, as I'm getting older, it's like everybody's a kid now. What, I don't understand that. <laughs> but, but I know of a lot of the young people that have, uh, have gone to the various camps over the years, and they're, and they're always just so positive about them and great experiences. And, and it's those things that they will, uh, they'll never forget. And so I commend you for the things that you've been doing there. Um, you asked about the year-end study. We do. We started, I started that when my son was a freshman in college. He was bringing some kids back home between Christmas and New Year's or somewhere around there. And so we decided to study together and we invited a handful of people and had a dozen people in our living room. And by the next year, we decided to invite some more. We had about 35 people in my basement 
And finally, I grew my basement and we went to the, the church building where I was and then moved it up here. And uh, so every year between Christmas and New Year's, we do a three day intensive study. And again, amazing number of people come every year, people I don't even know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, very, very encouraging. And I do some mini camps for kids and things like that. People want to study the Bible. They want to be together. They want to encourage each other. Uh, we need to give more opportunities for that. No, I was getting ready to say that. It's obvious just to listen to you. Um, uh, I mean, there's been there's people out there uh, that have never been to a camp like that, never been been around them. And it's like you have to experience it to uh, to really appreciate it. But you're right. There's so many people that, that will take the time. They're hungry. They really are. They want to learn. And like you said, they want, they want more friends. And not just friends for friends' sake, but Christian friends like-minded people that they can be around and develop some new relationships and they're hungry for that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot, uh, you know, everybody that's listening, you need to think about that in your community of things like that, that you possibly could do for the Christians there in your area. I know uh, when we were talking uh, yesterday too, uh, in prep for the interview, uh, you know, I said, uh, one of the questions I'll ask is, well, uh, when you set up a study with someone, do you uh, do you have a particular study that you've developed? Do you use somebody else's that they put together? Um, and uh, you said that you wanted to talk about, I think this is what you said, you wanted to talk about door knocking and the book of Mark. Mm-hmm. So, so here, and, you have, and you asked me to give a story, so I'll include all those together. So uh, I think in the summer of uh, 1988, we were knocking on doors to set up Bible studies. When I knock on somebody's door, I knock on the door and when they answer, I say, hey, I'm Gary and I'm talking to folks about reading the Bible. You all get a chance to do much of that sort of thing. And depending on how they respond, I say, I'm a Christian and I like to sit down and read the Bible with people in their homes. And I'm just looking for people who might sometime have an interest in doing something like that. And it's a, I don't go up with anything in my hand. I would like to go up with my wife or with a kid or something like that. That makes me more approachable. Makes It doesn't seem like, you know, it's something you know, kind of shady or whatever. And, and, but that's all I do. I just ask people if they'd be willing to sit down and read the Bible with me. So I did that in, uh, at Paul and Mary's house in 1988. And uh, first appointment we set, they had a note on the door. Her niece, I think, had given birth and they weren't there, but they did have a note on the door. I went back and arranged another study another time. And when we went, Paul told me, he said, no, I told me early on, he said, I just want you to realize We're not looking for something that's going to totally change our life. We just thought a little bit of Jesus might help our family get along a little better, which he got more than he bargained for. But at that point, what I was doing was I had some paragraphs and passages on different subjects, and I did a different subject every every class. Well, I was in the middle of my first subject when Mary said, she said, I don't mean to be rude, but how do I know that you're any different from my Jehovah's Witness and Baptist friends? They all have their verses, too, and they all seem to confirm what they're saying. I said, well, that's a pretty good question. You know, I can see why you'd ask that. I said, would you feel more comfortable if we just took a book in the Bible and just read through that? She said, yes, you would. Paul had already told me he couldn't understand the Bible. He tried before. And so I thought, I want to teach the life of Christ fundamentally. And Mark is the simplest gospel in many ways. So I said, why don't we next week, we'll just start reading Mark. And uh, from then till now, I've uh, read Mark with people. So that's what I do is just uh, read the gospel of Mark a paragraph at a time, talk through it, try to get them to see it. I'm trying to teach the main point and maybe some application. I'm not trying to tell everything I know or anything like that. I'm just trying to get them to see the gist of it. I'm to some extent trying to train them as to how they can read the Bible and understand. Oh, that's so good. I know that uh, 
similar approach was used with me, a fellow named George Pinnock. George has passed away, but he preached there in Owensboro. And uh, he took me uh, through uh, Luke. And uh, then we went to Acts. But that always has impressed me. But uh, it's so powerful that uh, the uh, powerful approach, but also opening the book up with the power of the gospel and, and where people can read it themselves, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and they can see that what you're doing is just trying to show them what the Bible says. Right. You know, I don't go in with anything other than a Bible. I'm not trying to do anything else. We're not ducking anything. I rarely go to other verses. We just stick in Mark. I show them what Mark's saying, and they can see it. It's right there in their Bible. I have them open up their Bible. I help them find it if necessary. If they're comfortable reading, I let them do the reading. You know, we're not, we're not doing anything other than just sharing what the scriptures teach. We don't have anything else to share. We don't know anything else. Right, right. Well, what I like about that, too, is that so many people, when you talk to them about this subject, they go, I don't know how, I wouldn't know how to do that, or I wouldn't know, you know, and what a, <laughs> obviously, we all need to be equipped, but uh, we all have a, a Bible, and we all have, we know where Mark is, and we could certainly do that, open up and just start reading, right? You know, this might be another good story. When my son was 15 and my daughter 16, I, I, I was preaching a week in a church in Alabama where I had lived. And on Wednesday, Kyle came to me and said, listen, they've got some leftover flyers for the meeting. We, then tomorrow, me and some of the kids want to go and pass them out door to door. I said, fine. But the next day, they changed their mind. They just decided to knock on doors and set up Bible studies, which is what we had done. Kyle knew how to do that. And so there about seven of them got together and spent a whole afternoon, Thursday afternoon, setting up studies. They set up seven and uh, had three for the next day. So my son called me until about midnight. He and my daughter went to another boy and girl's house and spent the night. And they all worked together on preparing Mark to teach it. And so they did three times on, on Friday and knocked on doors in between and got three more studies. So my son came to me Friday before the meeting and he said, listen, I need to stay here for the next week because I need to help these guys teach the studies we set up. So, uh, so he did, he and my daughter both did and uh, continued to set up studies and so forth. I mean, if a 15 year old can read the gospel of Mark with people, I mean, you know, if you know how to read, you can do that. The more you know about it, the better, but, but try to just get the main thought, help people to see what it's saying and keep growing in your knowledge and ability to present it. Right. That, yeah, it, it, yeah, I love that. The story about your kids there and a 15-year-old can do it. I saw somebody yesterday and I wasn't able to, uh, to make a connection with him because of actually, believe it or not, a crowd of different people. And, uh, but I saw him from a distance. He had a shirt on he, and it said, make disciples, not excuses. Mm -hmm. And I was, able, I was able to get his attention. I said, I like your shirt. And he went, thanks. But I wasn't able to get to him to, to find out who he was or... Uh, but no, I, 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 we make this harder than it is. Don't you agree? And, yeah, uh, the point is not our eloquence, our sophistication or anything like that. We're just trying you. to get people to see the Lord in his word and follow him. And so, you know, we can make it too complicated. You know, we, we're, we're just trying to, to let people see what the Bible's saying. Absolutely. Oh, I think we overcomplicate it. When I say we, uh, you know, we've all probably been guilty of it one time or another, but we can spend so much time talking about that, but um, tell us, uh, and, and part of your story was there with, I think I was trying to write notes here and I, I'm paying attention. I'm just writing notes here as we, as we talk, but maybe share with us uh, if it's them or maybe another conversion story that comes to mind. Maybe it was in Brazil or maybe wherever it might've been that you'd like to share with everyone. Well, I mean, 
uh, just recently, we were knocking on doors in this area and met a lady. It's now been a couple summers ago, and she uh, she was willing to read the Bible. We read with her. We read Mark. We read Acts. We read, I'm not sure what else, two or three other things, James, I think, and so forth. And finally, uh, right before COVID hit, she was at church and came forward uh, doing the invitation song and we baptized her. And uh, she's continued to grow and develop. Really bad background, you know, a lot of lot of things in her past that she's ashamed of, but she's really making progress. I mean, you know, she's not somebody, you know, you would have probably picked out. You know, she's not young. You know, you think of young people are open and, you know, not there's nothing that's overly impressive or special about her. She just was in the uh, mobile home park that we were knocking on the doors of. And I, I just think there's people that are open to listening to the gospel. You know, we need to talk to them. To me, for me, knocking on doors works well. But many of us have people we know that we've never asked to read the Bible with us. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. write down a list of people you don't you, that you know that you've never asked to read the Bible with you and just start working through it and ask. If they say no, they say no. When, when I get a no at the door and I get plenty of them, I move on to the next door. You know, you don't get as many as you think you would. It's amazing how many people are at least willing to engage you at the door. But there's plenty of people who say, no, well, I'm not going to continue to waste my time there or, you know, try to browbeat them. I'll just go on to the next place. You've got friends that'll say no, but you probably got friends that'll say yes. Yeah, it's how, how you know, we can preach about that and talk about it. But yeah, do not let the no's. It's like I need to work for the next no. I, I, I'm going to keep going. I'm, right. I'm not, right. not going to let the no's stop me. But right. uh, because the yeses will motivate you and keep you going. You know, just just work real quick on that. When you've studied with somebody, maybe explain this with somebody maybe listening that hasn't experienced it. Because we've got so many people that are perhaps listening to this. In a hard, it's a hard thought or hard question, perhaps. is like, what's the name of the last person that you led to Christ? Kim Brown. And, uh, okay. But if you ask somebody, you know, Oftentimes people say, I've never led anyone. You know, they've never experienced this. But describe a little bit what that, that feeling is like when you see somebody with, where that fruit is, where they see the truth and they, they surrender in obedience uh, into, to be a part of that. What, what's that? It's really encouraging. I mean, we care about people. And, and if you start studying with somebody, even if you didn't know them before, you get to know them and you care about them and they're important to you. And what a blessing when they turn to the Lord, blessing for them, and it also honors the Lord. And so it's wonderful. I mean, you know, it's what it's what our life is. Our life ought to be spreading the gospel and helping people grow. And I mean, you know, whatever we can do to do that, I mean, that's that's the fulfillment of our purpose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. We've been ending the episodes with what I call the one thing. And so somebody's listening to you today and, and maybe you've gotten them excited. They want to... Uh, Let's say they want to talk to Gary. Would it be okay? Could you share your contact information if somebody wanted to reach out to you? Sure. I don't know what the best way is. Uh, my email address is Gary Fisher, G-A-R-Y-F-I-S-H-E-R-1063 at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. So, so I'm listening to this and I've never been involved before. I thought, because in fact, I thought that it was a preacher's job. You mean I can do this as a a member or I just uh, in the answer is obviously yes but so I, uh, I I'm excited about doing this and what's one thing that you would say to me that the one listening what do I have to learn how to do or what do I need to do in order to get involved in leading others to Christ I would suggest praying 
pray for boldness and pray for those that you might want to talk to and just write your list out of people you know. Go to people you don't know when you exhaust the people you know, but you know a bunch of people you've never asked to read the Bible. So pray about them. Maybe even ask another brother to pray with you and to encourage you and start asking. You know, set your goal. I'm going to ask these two people this week and ask two more next week until you get your schedule so full you can't ask anymore. Good, good. Yeah, boy, the power of prayer, right? I, I, a quick story. I was out with uh, my wife yesterday. Uh, she was shopping for something and and I went with her and wasn't, obviously wasn't hardly anybody in the store. And this lady that was helping us, we were talking and I, as I do so many times, I'll say, well, where are you from originally? And she was from here in Indiana. And, and I said, well, we moved here from Kentucky about eight years ago. And, and uh, she said, well, why did you move up here? And I said, well, I'm a preacher. And, uh, and then uh, she said, oh, really? And then and Gay said, well, do you go to church anywhere? And, and, and she wasn't going anywhere. But then she broke down and there wasn't anybody else around. She's having difficulty with her marriage. And so it, it, and, I, and she needed somebody to talk to. And there we were and ended up where we exchanged phone numbers and invited her to services. And I'm going to be following up with her. But it's even situations like that. And, and, and we were in pennies. You know, it's just people need help. They, they, people, they yeah, people need help. But so many things like that. Of uh, uh, we, we go back to the prayer. We, we ask God to uh, help us with this and put people in our paths. And he puts them in our path every day and we just walk right by them. We, we don't even make a contact with them. Uh, that happens a lot as well. Well, I tell you what, these are, uh, I think it's good that we have it at, at, the time, at the, you know, the shortness of it, 20 or 25 minutes, but it sure goes too fast for me. But I want to thank you again for taking the time today, Gary, to, to visit with us. And uh, I'll be following up with you. And I just want to encourage you and your lovely bride to, to keep up your good work. It's very encouraging and, and love to hear all the stories from different ones that have come in contact with both of you. And, uh, and we, we give God the glory for all of that, obviously. Amen. And, uh, but thank you again, brother. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.